Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Going good today, Metcalf. Um, as always, Thursday. Welcome back, back, Draft Maniacs. It feels a little weird with no NBA, but um, it's also a blessing because that just means you get to fill the day with draft coverage and, and watching as much film as you possibly can get your fix on. How about yourself, Metcalf? Are we, are we getting excited for the weekend? What's going on? Yeah, God, it, it's like mid mid to high sixties here. It might even creep up to seventy. Got go, going golfing tomorrow. Um, just hanging out, enjoying the weather. Spring is here. It's a beautiful time of the year. Draft is coming up very quickly, and even quicker is the NBA draft lottery, which is now only twelve days away. I believe, right? Yes. 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 yes twelve days. days. God, that's okay. Which the is remarkable to think of because. When that hits zero, then the floodgates are really going to open. So it's going to be crazy around here. Exactly. And well, that's just when stuff <laughs> really gets fun. But since we are within two weeks, it felt like a really good time to just kind of go over some potential lottery storylines that we are really excited to see happen, what we're curious about, different way players could fall, how the draft order could fall, just anything pertaining to the lottery. And there's so many ramifications that are going to stem from this lottery. So Rucker, what, what was the first one that really kind of jumped out for you? You know, it, it's, it's really fascinating. I feel like every year there's, there's obviously some intrigue with what could happen on lottery night. You know, if, if some team moves up or some team moves down, but I feel like this year is just the craziest. I don't know why, or if it's just because it's right now and it's about to happen, but I really do feel like with the players, like obviously every year the NBA draft is very fit dependent, but I feel like it's going to be even more this year, especially with like the top 10. Um, if the lottery is just cuckoo and teams move all over the board, um, I, I think it could really almost in a weird way, change up some big boards, change up some mock drafts entirely. Some guys might be going other places that weren't going. You know, I, I think there's chances where guys were projected to go sixth. They might go ninth if teams fall in a specific order. Just stuff like that. So I think the the biggest one to me, Metcalf, is probably, you know, what happens at four. Um OKC's position to be there right now. If they don't go up, like what direction do they go in? Because that's the biggest puzzle for me. And um, I, I still fascinate. I think me and you have talked about it before with like, does Jaden Ivey make sense there with all of the ball handlers they already have in their backcourt? And, and I think me and you kind of agree with that would be tough. Even if he's the best player available, that's, that's a lot of chefs in the kitchen. So I don't know. I mean, there's also some other teams that if they get up there, it could kind of become a little bit of a a wrinkle you know like running a couple tankathon simulations um i saw one with orlando going at four and i was like oh no that would be exactly the same situation again i I mean so it's it's gonna be a little crazy um what are you thinking how do you feel about that with with 
the fourth pick. Yeah, so it's it's funny that that was your kind of number one because mine was what happens with the third pick. Um, based on funny. our based on our evals, you know, there I, for me, there's a wide separation between my third rank player and the fourth rank player, and it feels almost like a certainty that at least two of Chet Jabari Palo are going to go in that top two. Um, you know, who knows on the order, different things will leak out all the way up to the draft and, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll figure it out once we get there. But then for some reason, I just have this feeling that at number three, someone's going to take a wild swing, whether it's Jaden Ivey, Shaden Sharp, if someone falls in love with Jalen Duran, you know, I just, I feel like something weird is going to happen at number three. And even though those top three guys have been a top lock as the top three for pretty much everyone for pretty much the entire season, it feels like for some reason, one of them is going to fall to four. And I, I don't know why I'm getting this feeling, but it, it just wouldn't shock me if, if whoever lands at three, their top two guys go first and they're like, Hey, screw it. Let, let's take this massive swing on this guy and go against consensus, go against what all these mocks and mainstream media are saying that we should do. And let's go with our gut and take this guy instead of this guy. I think you're, you're spot on. I think sharp and Ivy could almost be like the party crashers in a weird way where we're, obsessing over the top three um everyone for the most part is going to have chet paulo jabari in some order in the top three uh, it's kind of the consensus but i'm right there with you i, I think someone's still probably going to fall in love with this ivy um and i could see it because like it, it's just i don't you know i'm not i don't have it off the top of my head but i feel like it's just rare you get like boom 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 three positions like three bigs in a row Usually if some team gets up there and they need a guard, like that, that's exactly what we're talking about with like the fit, the fit dependent, depending on the order. So like, I mean, Ivy could be that guy that kind of sneaks up into there and all of a sudden is like, he's going third. Um, and then one of those guys falls to the fourth pick. It's going to be awesome. Like I'm on pins and needles, even thinking about the lottery and it's, I'm rooting for every fan base to all of a sudden creep up into that top three. But I do think like four could be the wild card, but I'm also like you, like three could be the wild card. Like someone could do something crazy where, you know, it was last year with Josh Giddy. We all thought it was going to be book night going to the thunder and, and Presty was like, no, I'm taking Giddy. And I don't care if this seems early compared to all of our mock drafts that he ruined. So I don't know. That, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, and so the and the, the the current lottery order, I probably should have laid this out at yeah. the start um, for those of you who don't regularly check on this type of thing. Uh, but it's currently in order from 1 to 14, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, OKC, Indiana, Portland, Sacramento, New Orleans, uh, thanks to the Lakers, uh, then San Antonio, Washington, New York, OKC again, thanks to the Clippers, uh, Charlotte, and then Cleveland. So with Detroit at three, if that just if that order stayed as is at number three, there were so many talks about how Troy Weaver was in love with Jalen Green last year and how he just wanted that infusion of athleticism and scoring and pop. And I just keep thinking about Ivy. And at number three, if Troy Weaver's top two guys are 
Chet and Jabari or Jabari and Paolo or Paolo and Chet and they're gone and Jaden Ivey is sitting there. I just, I wouldn't be shocked by any means if he saw the, the athleticism of Ivy or of Shaden Sharp and was like, give me it. I like, we need athletes on this team. We need grim pressure on this team. And these are the guys I want to go with. So we keep talking about how Ivy or Sharp could beat these party crashers at three and four. Is there anyone else in your mind that you think could realistically, you know, leap up into one of those spots and knock, knock down one of the, you know, season long top guys. You know, it's funny that um, I want to answer your question, but it's just funny while you were just talking about that, because I forgot that like Weaver was reportedly really high on Jalen green. And, and if he was, and that's true, Sharp's probably the guy I'm not even, I haven't been giving enough attention as a wild card there. Um, like that might even make, in a weird way, more sense than Ivy, just because it's, it'd be like the long-term really high swing him playing alongside K would be some, some really fun um, length, size, explosiveness. Like he wouldn't have to be the guy and, and sharp needs to get some run in to kind of get the defensive line, but he'll be playing with a strong defensive core, um, you know, with like Sadiq Bay on the wing, Isaiah Stewart, Cade. So that would be kind of fun. Um, just while you're talking about that, I was like, oh, you know, me and you did the podcast that was episode with Jake Rosen. And, and we mm-hmm. got to that point where we were talking about, you know, maybe Sharp has some Jalen Green vibes. So, yeah, that, that could be interesting. Um, Now you got my head all twisted up. You know, I don't know, Metcalf. Um, if we're getting really crazy, and I know you love to get really crazy. <laughs> and what about Johnny? Well, I... <laughs> uh, 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 unfortunately, I unfortunately, I, I, I'm not part of a current front office, um, so I, I think that one may be out the window. Yes, you are. You're at no but... <laughs> ceilings. You're part of our front office. Don't don't get it twisted. Don't I, I, I would I would 100% entertain Johnny in the top three. It would depend on what team it is, and yeah, I think fit would be really dependent to make that swing. I don't think fit is necessarily dependent for Johnny in the grand scheme of things. But to take that biggest swing and pass up one of these top three guys, or for most people, top five at this point with Sharp and Ivy, um, it, it, it would take some serious cojones and job yes. security that I, I currently don't have. Um, but yeah, I knew it would be interesting because Johnny's also one of these guys who just seems to be falling in public consensus despite not doing anything uh recently um so that that, that's been really kind of peculiar for me um but i i would be really really surprised if he ended up going top four oh me too 100 percent. i just we're getting wild here you know it's thursday it's almost the weekend we're having some fun (laughs) but it would be a fun fit i'd like kate and johnny in a backcourt together with sadiq bay and oh Ooh, um, talk about really bringing out the best of Johnny and, um, oh my gosh, they would be so much fun defensively too. <laughs> they would just be pests yes. and bring back the bad boys. Now I'm going to have Pistons fans just foaming at the mouth of like, wait a second, this might have something. But, um, idiot. yeah, well, I mean, Hey, bring it on boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a bad boys shirt, so I feel like I'm, I, they can't hate me too much. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I still like AJ Griffin will probably be a name that people would throw up there. I think that'd be a little rich for me. My boy, Keegan Murray. I still think that would be a little rich. Jabari's. I don't know. How I feel about Jabari that, you know, what's um, Chark's talking about his history with like one of the lowest two point percentages in like recent draft history. Mm-hmm. I can't get that out of my head. It is a really eye-opening number. Like, it, it, it just hearing that fact, you're like, whoa. Because I still go to the facts. Like, I absolutely love Jabari. I think if he clicks and, and can reach that upside that it looks like he has, he has the potential to be just an absolute monster at the next level. But what if that three-point shot's not falling? Like, where are we at? So I, I wonder. I wonder if he could be a guy that NBA teams wouldn't be buzzing as like juicy about, like maybe some teams just not sold on him picking that high. And like you said, all of a sudden he goes down to four and some teams just jumps at that opportunity. But yeah, that that's, it's an interesting one. Now, see, now we're getting in some deep thoughts with this podcast and I didn't expect this to be happening, but what else do you got? Um, so another thing I'm f- just fascinated to see what happens with is where the Thunder picks land. Um, yeah. Because I mean, they're currently slotted for four and 12. I would expect their 12th pick to land right about there because the back end usually doesn't change a whole lot. But what happens at four, I think, is going to be really fascinating because we we kind of mentioned earlier, I, I don't love the, the Jaden Ivey fit there. Um, I I don't think you're over the moon about it. Uh, we, we we get it from a pure talent standpoint, but with all the guards that they've taken in recent years, I think there are better directions for them to go. And if they stay at four, that's that's where I think things get really wild because it wouldn't surprise me if they traded back a spot, if they weren't fully in love with the guy. Um but I, I would almost expect them to take a massive swing on Sharp or Duran before Ivy, um, just because I, I don't see how Ivy fits in that team at all. And I'm also a little lower on Ivy than most people. Still super high. He's number five, so calm down. Um, but yeah, what, what they do at four, or if they even fall in the lottery despite their losing efforts, um, I you know it, it could be a real thorn in Presti's side. Yeah. I mean, this has like become a problem for me. Um, ever since I, I looked at it one day, it's like a, it's, it's a seed that's planted in my head and I can't get rid of it. I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm like, well, what, what would the thunder do it for if they get stuck there? Um, cause my nightmare is that we have the lottery order where like no one moves. And yeah, it's the biggest buzzkill. Yeah, it's just boring. Um, I want some chaos where it's like the the gr- the greatest chaos would be it comes up to twelve or the Thunder is supposed to be, and it's some other team, and we're like, oh my gosh, what if they get one and two? I literally ran a takeathon, and they had one and two. It took Chet and Jabari, <laughs> and I just started laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, could you imagine? That'd be um, but if they stay at four. There's just so many ways they can go. And, and it's tough to trade back just a little bit. Like, it's not like the NFL draft where you could just be like, hey, let's just go back a, a little. Let's go back a tiny bit. It, it doesn't happen often with the NBA. Like, usually teams 
that want to trade up to that are trying to come up from four spots back. So you have right. to really um, kind of roll the dice if you want to go back, if you want to say it that way. Especially in the top 10. We see it a little more yeah. in like the mid rounds, like we right. like the like the Knicks last year, how they traded back from what 15 to 17 and then 17 to 24 whatever I yeah I don't have those numbers exact off the top of my head but it's usually like in that mid mid to late first round where the teams who already picked are trying to jump up jump back into the first or playoff teams see a guy slipping and they're like oh he was number two on our board let's go get him so stuff like that in the top 10 though you're you're completely right because there can be these massive talent drop-offs by the class where the difference between prospect five and prospect six, at least perceived is massive. And taking that step back is, could be really detrimental to whoever you end up bringing in. Yeah. Lottery going up in the lottery is like a, a war. It is a, it's just a absolute battle zone because you, you almost got to overpay like, cause mm-hmm. you have to sell someone on it's worth dropping back these spots because like, look at your draft board. And if you're looking at a guy picked at four and you looked like, what's the difference between four and nine, you might think that's a big deal or four and eight. So, um, it's just weird because like I get there and say the top three guys go like me and you have talked, I just don't, I can't picture Ivy there. And, and I think he is going to be the best player available at that situation. Um, Johnny would even make more sense there than, than Ivy. Yeah. Um, I know you're high on him, but I'm just <laughs> trying to say like, just that backcourt. Um, I, I don't know which way they go. That's why I've kind of like said Keegan Murray. Cause I could just see that making more sense than the other guys. Uh, Sharp still would make sense if they're swinging. Duren's the wild card because I'm still a believer that he's going to get in these gym workouts and, and, blow the roof off of the place because he's just going to be so impressive in front offices. They always drool over bigs that are that mm-hmm. type of build and athleticism. Me and you have talked about it before, but um, I just, there's so many different ways. Like AJ Griffin can be thrown into the equation, but I think that's too rich for me. It's just, it's just wild. It, it, it really is. I mean, Metcalf, you're Sam Presti. You got the fourth pick. What are you doing right now? Uh, I'm, I'm swinging on sharp. Yeah. I, I think um, that's, because I, I also want a top two pick next year for Scoot or Victor or even that Dr- makes Drake Whitehead um, at three. So I'm not super eager to win now. Um, and Did if you I just tell add- me you're going to take Whitehead next year and a- after we just said we can't take Ivy this year? Did you, Have we not learned anything? Well, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just going off the top yeah, of I'm my head you. with I'm like kidding. my three okay. favorite prospects for next year. God, I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> they need to no, take so you I, to George next year. That's what they need to do. <laughs> That's what I've been watching. Yeah, so I'm, at, at four, I I would take that swing on Sharp because I, I I think he also fills a need, and in my mind, I would probably be the biggest home run swing and best player, not necessarily best player available, but biggest home run swing with like the best, you know, return on investment possibility, but you know, OKC has a 48.1% chance at the top four, but they also have a 42.4% chance at pick six or seven. And just how devastating would it be for them to fall to six or seven? And if they did, who would they end up targeting? Do you think? My hot take is it wouldn't. Um, I think it would put them in a way better position. 
because I know everyone wants to get to the top three. I get it. But but getting at four puts you really in a tough area. And, and at six and seven, you could be in a better world. You could be in a way better spot where like Duran is more realistic there. Keegan Murray, if he's in, or if you're in love with him, is more realistic there. Um, but if you're up there, you're, you're staring a devil in the face. And, and that one is Jaden Ivey. And you're like, what do we do? Do we take him and we just have to move someone down the road? Do you try to do some weird lineup where you play Giddy at the three? Like what, what is the goal? I mean, Trey Mann, we haven't even mentioned. There's just a lot of, of horses in the stables and it's filling up. So these are all guys that need the ball in their hands. So I, I, I think it's one of those weird situations where if you're a Thunder fan, you got to be rooting like either go up or maybe go back a little because if you're stuck at four, that's just, and I know Shaden Sharp's talent's unbelievably exciting. I, I know the upside is freakish. I know it's legit. We could look back at this podcast in three years and be like, oh my gosh, like Shaden Sharp was definitely the pick at four. What are we talking about? But I think Presty, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he's willing to take another swing on a, on a project. And I think Sharp's going to need time. Um, I don't think he was as ready for the NBA that Jalen green was. And we saw how people were freaking out in the first half with Jalen green. So it's going to take, it's going to take some time, but are you feeling the same way? Like, would you think going back might not even be that big of a, a buzz kill for thunder fans? Like they almost might be in a little bit better of a spot. Um, I, I, I think it would suck because I just yeah. think the the just the pure excitement of being able to take Shaden Sharp or one of the top three if someone else if say Ivy goes three and I have the chance to ch- take Chet Jabari or Paolo at four like lo- losing out on that opportunity I think would really really suck um, and for OKC you know I, I'm. My, you know, off the off the off the top of my head, draft board for them would be those same top three guys, in some order, and then Sharp at four, and then after that, I think there's a pretty big drop off for them. And if you have the chance to get one of those top four guys, I think that's that's so important. Um, if they drop to five, that sucks. That's I think the absolute worst case scenario because I, I, you know, we we've said it a lot. I don't like Ivy there. I like Ivy overall as a player. I just don't like him there. Um, but then if they fell to six or seven, that's where I think Duran becomes more viable. That's where I think AJ Griffin becomes more realistic. Uh, you know, e- even Keegan Murray, I wouldn't love it for him, but from just a best player available standpoint, I, I think that makes a lot of, a lot more sense than it does at five. I know that sounds weird saying only a, a spot or two difference um, generates that much perceived difference, but that that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I think their other dream and this is realistic too, is you stay at four and someone hops up to the top three and they take Ivy and they yeah. get rid of that uh, uh, headache for you. Like um, the problem is, is you need to find a team that wouldn't want the top three. Uh, like wouldn't want the big guys, um, Indiana, if they get up there, I still think they would take one of those three, um, Portland, probably doing the same Portland's probably saying, let's, let's get a big 
instead of getting a running mate, you know, we have Simons in, in the wings. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's tough. It, it, they, yeah. they would be, you'd be holding your breath every pick. Cause you'd be like, just say <laughs> Ivy or say sharp, <laughs> just say someone else other than the top three. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think me and Corey are going to try to do a piece on it. Um, breaking down like all the options or, you know, kind of the debate between going best player available at some point, you have to maybe go away from that. And it's going to be fascinating. I'm secretly kind of rooting that OKC doesn't get stuck there because I'm going to be like, Oh boy, here we go. Um, it's going to give me a migraine for your month. Um, what else do you got? What feed me something else, Metcalf. You, you so, have the good ones. <laughs> so, so, so the, 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 this is one that sparked after the name of, oh, what if the what if this team took this guy? And it, I end up thinking about it for like three straight days. And it's, that's what I do on purpose. I get you working. I'm yeah, kidding. yeah. You you ruin my life. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You you, you get me thinking. Um, and that's what the Spurs end up doing. Yeah, let's do this. I'm so pumped that we're doing I, this right now. It's about so, damn time. So, so they're at. They're currently at nine, and I think every mock draft we've done this year, or close to it, we've had Jalen Duran going there. Let's not do it. We can't do it. Makes it. sense. No, we're not doing it. It so, also feels the exact opposite of what they're going to do. Yeah, I agree. So this is the rule. I'm sorry, Spurs fans. We're throwing him out. We can't even mention yeah. him. He's not. On, he's not on the board. We're going to say he's not on the board. Um, but I'm right so, there with you. So what do they do? And I get that kind of leads into my my other one of who is going to be the big surprise this year, the the Josh Primo this year, the Scotty Barnes this year, the guy yeah. who goes five to fifteen spots higher than we think, and could that just be the Spurs again because they take their guy? Those are pretty. Those are two pretty heavy um, breakdowns. So let, let's start yeah. with Spurs and then remind me of that one because that one there's going to be some juicy names. What do the Spurs do? You know. I can't get the idea of Dyson Daniels out of my head, even though we just spent 10 minutes talking about the Thunder with the stable of guards. But I, I think, okay, I mean, I think the Spurs are in a different spot than the Thunder. I think the Thunder have legit stars. Um, yes. The Spurs look like they've got some really nice pieces and a rising star in Deontay Murray. So I think still adding maybe like Daniels is there. Um Definitely, you know, I definitely could just see them going best player available regardless. Johnny Davis just seems like a spur if he's on the board. <laughs> I would absolutely love that fit. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, gosh, it, it's just – I don't – I think – I don't think they would go Jeremy Sohan there. I think – I don't think Some so people have thrown that I, – I, it would not surprise me if they did it. If they did it, I'd be like, okay, they. I, this is – the Spurs like special. They they're believing in the the versatility and, and making him just like a really nice building block alongside some other guys. But I would still be like, I feel like they still need a swing for some upside. Um, why why do I feel like they would do Zhang and just set the world it, on is, fire? Is he too much of a project though? Yeah, for them. Yeah. Um, and and I, I know that sounds weird because 
the Spurs have proven that they're okay taking projects like DeJounte Murray and Josh Primo, but those guys have also shown that they can produce somewhat in their first year. And they've shown pretty aggressive growth throughout their, you know, early careers. And DeJounte Murray coming out was already an awesome defender. And Josh Primo coming out was already an awesome shooter. Does Drang have that already awesome skill that would warrant him getting the, the occasional minutes that would spur further kind of live live rep development? It would probably be another primo situation of like, hey, rookie year, he needs to live in the G League for a while. I, I think he can shoot the cover off the ball. I think he's got really good playmaking upside at 6'10". It's, that is going to be a potential diamond in the rough. Um, and he, he's storming up boards. You know, Branham and Mark Williams – feel like two curveballs there for the Spurs if they were at nine. Um, Because Branham could score in bunches. Might might be a nice wrinkle for them where it's like Deontay's hitting his groove and then you add this really crafty playmaking, pick and roll, bucket getter. off-ball shooter. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think like Branham and Mark Williams would probably be two guys that I would even say... I might like more than any of the other guys we just mentioned for, for the Spurs. The Spurs seem like a team that wouldn't go Jalen Durant. They would go Mark Williams. Yeah. Like, and I know that's weird to say for some hearing that, but Mark Williams just seems like exactly what they need. And they don't need him to be average in 20 and 15. They need him to come in and just be a running mate for Deontay play great defense rebound. Like, he would be perfect for that. And, and that would make that whole lineup even better. So I don't know. Um, I know they got like Pirtle and everything, but I still think Mark Williams is, it would check a lot of boxes for them. So I could see, but Branham, Branham's there's probably a, a good one. What about you? What are you thinking? It, I, I think my top three for them right now are Daniels, Branham, and Mark Williams. Yeah, I, I think they, that would be my board for them. They're they're guys. They're they're super high field guys who can do a bit of everything and are pretty low maintenance on both ends of the floor. Um, when I say low maintenance, I mean they can impact the game in a bunch of different ways without necessarily needing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Williams is that defensive anchor that they would be able to pretty much play from day one, and I think would also make. Jakob a little more expendable, uh, make them not necessarily have to pay him and then potentially even bring back assets if they moved him um, because he's turned into an awesome defender in his own right. Branham, the pick and roll creation, the pick and roll scoring, the off ball shooting. I think he will be at least a solid defender. I think that length, that shooting, that mix of on-ball creation would be a really fascinating blend with Murray and Vassell in on the perimeter. And then Daniels, you know, we, we said this the other episode, that perimeter defense of Murray, Daniels, and Vassell would be a nightmare. There'd be yeah. switch. There'd be switching everything. It would be length for days. It'd be good height, good size, really good instincts, really good footwork, good athleticism. Just from a defensive perspective, it would be an absolute nightmare. I, I, I think Daniels could clog things up a little bit on offense. I 
just that that backcourt shooting of Murray and Daniels, I don't think would be ideal. But I also don't think the Spurs are too worried about that as they kind of focus on, you know, moving the ball and everyone getting touches. So I, I think those are kind of my three favorite, even though I know we've done Duran all season to them, but I, I don't really like that anymore for him. I don't think I, I don't like Duran there. I, I never have. The whole time that we were mocking it there, I was like, I'm gonna find another avenue. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out something else. And I think we just listed the three that I would be rooting if I was a Spurs fan. And and I'm dead serious. So here's I'm gonna throw this right back at you. What would your order be with those three if you're the Spurs? Um you're on the clock and they're all there. I, think I, Grant, I, I, I would just have I would just have go to go who I have, just down my draft rankings right now, and that'd be uh, Branham Williams Daniels. Yeah, I think it would. I think it would be. I think Branham's number one. Yeah, I think as much as I would be drooling and foaming at the mouth to see Daniels, Vassell, and Deontay, I think Branham makes all the sense in the world for the that trio. I think that. Like you, you can only build so much defense before you all of a sudden you right. got to get some guys that can yeah, score. Yeah. And Deontay's already taken so many leaps; he needs someone else that can just light it up. And so Branham is not that guy, unfortunately. Yeah, and, Primo and then, could be, but I don't yeah. think he's there yet. I, I think Branham would be able to make an impact a little quicker than Primo, but Primo's, I think, the youngest guy in his draft. So I, that's not a slight on Primo by any means. No, but like Deontay Branham. Vassell Primo. Yeah, that's fun. That's, that's that's nice. That's that's really nice to, and exciting to get around. Like maybe Primo's a little bit of like a a six man of the year almost like candidate when he's he's blo- I'm not saying next year, but like maybe he's he's a dangerous asset off the bench and playing good rotation minutes. Maybe you can run them together. I don't know. There there's some intriguing upside there. Um, I think Kelton Johnson. Like so, there's some there's some fun stuff. I, I would probably say Branham. Yeah, I would say Brandon Daniels, Mark Williams, but I could see just the Spurs being in love with Mark Williams. So yeah, we're not doing Duran anymore. When we do the war room for no ceilings, we're gonna bring the heat. Yeah, we're, like we're, we're fighting to the death on that one. We're, we're we're not doing it. What else do you like in the lottery? Like, give me a guy that you just want to see go somewhere. Like, just saying. Oh, can, can I give just, you one where I don't want to see them go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we can't talk about OKC at four, we already did that. Like, give me someone new. Uh, well, not, not necessarily new. We mentioned him earlier, but Johnny Davis. For the love of God, please stop mocking him to Washington and Sacramento. I, I hate that for him so much, and it's not necessarily because of fit. It's just the history that those teams have in developing their young players and how they just kind of go there to die. Sorry, Kings fans. Sorry, Nick. Sorry, Wizards fans. I just, I keep seeing him mock to those places and I don't really get it. It feels like people are going through their mock drafts and they get to a point where it's like, eh, it feels like Johnny should have gone by now and they just put his name down. So that's what I'm, I'm really hoping doesn't happen. For every Knicks or for every Knicks, Wizards, Kings fan listening, I love you guys. So if you want to fight Metcalf, just leave me out of it because I'm rooting for you guys. I still believe in the Kings. I, I still think this is going to be a big Monty McNair draft. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with the Aaron Fox or um, their head coach. 
Yeah, well, they're going to get Mark Jackson. Have you heard? Um, but Davion looks like he's going to be something. Davion and Johnny, I could buy into that in a hurry if, if they somehow did something with Fox. But Davion, Johnny, Sabonis, that'd be fine. I, I selfishly kind of want the Kings to get up into the top three just for pure madness. Just, just chaos. Just like, <laughs> yeah, just chaos. Um, Washington's a, a, a definitely a, another – turnpike like it, it it's just a tough landing spot because you get there and i understand what you're saying like i can't stand that with mock drafts where it's like well this guy should go so let's just put him here you which, could tell when felt like ahead. what we were doing with Duran with the spurs a lot yeah for sure we're guilty of it 100 percent, and it just made sense because they're like well they need a big and Duran's upside at i think yeah. when they were picking later we we're like that's too intriguing but now it's like no like, we're not doing that anymore it's it's game on we're we're flipping the hats back um what about you? What, what what is your dream team player fit outside of a, like a top those top three guys? Yeah, um, you know, probably I I still like Matherin to the Knicks at eleven. I think that just be a great fit for both. Um, I think Matherin going to play for Tibbs would unlock his defensive potential in a hurry because I think he has it. He just was, he had too many times where he was coasting this year. And I think it was the, the star treatment of like, I can coast. I need to catch up. Arizona's had me running off 40 screens. I need to try to save some energy. But if he went and played for Tibbs, Tibbs might unlock that to make him a little bit more of a pest, him playing off the ball. Would Um, Tibbs play him though? Probably not. So we're talking maybe like the next coach. No, I don't know. I mean, but Tibbs might need to because he's just, Matherin's feisty. He, yeah. He's a competitor. So Tibbs yeah. might be like, hey, you know, he's going to play his ass off for me. Um, I mean, still love Keegan Murray to the Pacers. Um, it, it, it's it's so vanilla that it's perfect. It, yeah, it really is. And it, and he would probably like have his jersey retired. They'd be like, can we schedule it after his fourth season? And, and just, he'd make like six all-star games and no one yeah. would remember any of them. And- exactly. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect Keegan Murray story. <laughs> the best player that never got attention. Like, oh, um, shit. Keegan averaged 21 this year? Like, where yeah. Where the fuck yeah. did that come from? That's exactly what <laughs> happens with those guys is you look up their box scores and you're like, fuck, he had 25 and 98? Like, you're like, what? Um, I don't know. Ochai to the Cavs, probably. I, I, do, I do love that one. Just I, he's he's one of those guys that is going to need to go to a team that's looking to take that take that leap, and I, I do think he'll help make a a good team. You know, propel them to that next level. Um, I'm not sure that he's going to make a bad team good, if that makes sense. But he, I, I think he could be that missing piece in a good team to help make them great, or you know, that next step to becoming great. Why couldn't he go to Charlotte? He, he could. Don't they kind of need that? Ubre is on a expiring. I believe. I'll so. check that while we keep talking. But um, that's a if they've moved him and then all of a sudden took Ochai. Yeah, because I. It, it it doesn't seem like they're enamored with PJ Washington. Obviously, they play different positions. Um, 
they just went book night. So if they still believe in him, maybe the new coach gives him a longer leash, a bit more of an opportunity. Obviously, LaMelo, it sounds like Gordon Hayward kind of wants out. Um, you know, every, everyone keeps asking for or keeps giving them a big. Um, if Mark Williams isn't there, it kind of feels like a reach out other than that for me for that position. So and it, it makes sense. I would get it. I, I think that his off-ball scoring period with LaMelo's playmaking would be a lot of fun. They're going to do something. So Ubre's Ubre's on the – he got 12.6 expiring, which is probably a juicy good number to yeah. be thrown around. They're going to try to go up. and th- They're going to do something crazy. There's always that one trade that's just like, where did this come from? And I wonder if they try to do like – those picks and PJ to go up and you're like, what are they doing? Where are they going up for? And it's like, why wouldn't you just take two picks in the top 15? But um, I don't know. What what do you like? Let's talk about the Knicks. What, what do you think is the dream there? If you're a Knicks fan, like saying Tibbs, he has to play a rookie. Um, could they take Mark Williams? Let's just have the Mark Williams hour. I, I, I don't Mark think Williams. so. <laughs> I, I I would be really surprised if they went with a big. Um, I, I think AJ Griffin would make a lot of sense there. I think Benedict Matherin. I, I keep thinking of just adding shooting to that team. Um, no Knicks fans, we are not giving you a point guard. Uh, so don't, yeah, don't never, worry. No, 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 I'm not pretty, we're, 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 not, we're not giving you Ty Ty Washington. No, um, no we're not. <laughs> Johnny, I'd love there. Um, I, J- I don't think Johnny makes a lot of sense. I think Malachi Branham would make a lot of sense. Um, oh gosh, that would be good for them. That would be nice because he he gives them that ball handling, off ball shooting, that just per, that backcourt versatility that they really need. I uh, from from a fit standpoint, I absolutely adore Branham. Um, if I was drafting in the top ten, there would be no chance in hell that Branham would fall to them at eleven. Why aren't they taking a big? Isn't Mitchell Robinson on the way out? Is he? I I don't know. I I feel like I've seen seventy five reports about him. Yeah, but then, but then Jericho. I'm Sims sorry, is I'm sorry, in. guys. No, you did Jericho and and um. Yeah, I love a, Jericho. Mitchell's a unrestricted free agent. Hmm. Obi and Toppin if, and Mark Williams. Come on, let's 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 have some fun here. Wait, but I'm actually kind of serious here. Why wouldn't the Knicks be in the Mark Williams running? I know there. Yeah, I, I I suppose he he could be. Um I, I I think it's gonna be fascinating to see what they do with Mitch. I'm not sure I'd be super excited to pay him what he's probably gonna be asking for. Uh Taj Gibson is gonna keep playing as long as Tibbs has a job. Um Taj Gibson. I, I, I think I think Jericho Sims is a legitimate starting center sooner rather than later. I could see that. I like Jericho. Um, great hair. Taj Gibson has technology access that nobody else in the world has <laughs> because he's going to play till he's 55 and still Taj. be doing what he is. I love Taj. <laughs> it's just unbelievable that he keeps doing. I swear every time it's like a big regular season game, like Taj Gibson comes in and makes a play and I'm like, gosh, would you just retire? <laughs> like it's always like bet against him or something or bet against the Knicks. Um, it's like, oh, the, the the Knicks have been slumping. Let me throw twenty dollars on against them, and 
it's it's Taj's one twenty point game of yeah, the year of the year, where you're like, cool, Taj. I didn't know you traveled in a time machine <laughs> before the game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that, that would Brandon would be great there. Um, yeah. So I, I I want to circle back to what I I threw out earlier. I, oh, I the screwed, wild card. I, I, I screwed up the tease um, because I lumped it in with a a more important topic the Spur, with the Spurs, but. Who who is going to be the one guy that is the big lottery surprise? Whether it's someone jumping from your board at ten to three, or someone jumping from thirty five to eleven. Metcalf, you know as good as I am for the listeners that this draft has the potential to have like six of those guys. So this this topic yeah. might go for an hour. Um, I still can't get over. I I have weird. Patrick Baldwin vibes, even after the disaster year. Um, I think he's going to go to the workouts and just light the place on fire. I think someone's going to be like, this is exactly what we wanted. I think they're going to lean on the high school film. They're going to lean on his tape over playing with FIBA. That's maybe one of the big wild cards. Zhang is probably there too. Um, I don't know. Then I'm getting real. If Blake Wesley goes in the lottery, I'm going to have to do something to. So, so talk based to on every mock draft in existence right now, I, I, I would prepare for that. Well, what the hell do they know? <laughs> <laughs> kidding, guys. Sorry. Um, I don't see it, and I don't get it. And I, I, I'm, the, I'm there with you. Don't don't yell at me. I'm who's the, here? We go. Here's another fun wrinkle. Looking at the lottery, who's the Blake Wesley believer? Oh, you oh, have to throw okay. a dart and arrow. I'm sorry for every fan base listening right now, but who who is the Blake Wesley believer in the lottery? Washington. This is the first team I looked at too. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, was that a little too quick? <laughs> yeah, that was really quick. Um, yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte, maybe. Sacramento. Yeah, mainly it's just really I, bad. I never are... have a read on what they're doing. What's I, their I, dream? What's their dream besides going to the top three? What's their dream at seven? Sacramento. Yeah, we're going off the rails. We're going back and forth. Just a <laughs> ping pong ball right now. Um, I, I want to give some Sacramento love to the fans. What What are we dreaming for for Sacramento? Besides uh, Shade and Sharp somehow falling to... Yes, I mean, realistically... Or Keegan Murray. I mean, from best player available standpoint, for me, it'd be Johnny. Um, I move my board over to my other monitor, and that just doesn't make sense. Um, they would take Jalen Duran, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think Jalen Duran. That was going to be the next name. I want to call Jalen Duran... Duran, so I can just say Duran, Duran all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, going back to your question. Um, wh- what do you think? Who, who's the... So I still I, think Jaden Hardy could be there, but I'm also arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so I, I, I'm st- I know I'm in such the minority on this, but I'm still holding all of my Max Christie stock. And He could be it. He just got invited to the combine. Um, at least I believe he did. And if that shot is falling, if he looks like he's added 
muscle and gotten stronger and continues or and impresses in workouts. He has all the tools for it. It wouldn't stun me if someone's like, yeah, that's our guy. We're going to take our guy. I, and I, I know I'm going to get lambasted for that. And I know that people are going to call me a moron for still having him in my top 20. Um, I no, just, I, I see it. I just, I, I, I can't quit it, which makes me sick as a Michigan fan. So I get it, people. Max Christie is a, I'm telling you, this is exactly the path that to making that happen and, and being true. Max Christie is a good combine process followed by a plays in the five on five and has 23 in the first game and goes like five for eight. That's all it takes. And if he does that, literally his agent is going to need to lock him in a room and say, don't play another game. Because if he does that, then someone in the front offices are going to be like, he might be there at 18. Like, I'm so, um, I'm telling you, it, it happens. That's all it happens is a guy has a nightmare year. He goes, plays in the scrimmage, lights the world on fire in one game. We just saw with Josh Primo. He looked unbelievable in those games. And, and then all of a sudden teams are like, there it is. There's the tools. It's maybe it was just a college year. Maybe now yeah. all of a sudden it's been a blossom. Um, I think the same thing could happen for Caleb Houston. Um, but I will be very shocked on that one. Uh, I'm I'm having a real crisis with my, with my Caleb Houston support. Um, Yeah, I am too. I I still look at his name and just hello darkness. My old friend plays in the background and I keep trying to figure out how it's always playing. Um, EJ Liddell is probably my big wild card there just because I could see someone being like in love with, so how, how early? Because I, I have him at 17. So if he went a couple spots above that, that wouldn't really shock me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, wow, well, you have him at 17, I do too. Gosh, we're we're just, you know, we're, we're locked so in. in. We're, we're so in tune with each other. It's, it's like we do a podcast <laughs> twice a week at NoCeilingsNBA.com. Oh, gosh, 49 minutes before the getting, first plug. Oh, uh, we're getting um, Yeah, I mean, I have him 17. Where where's the wild card? I feel like I just I keep I don't mean to keep crapping on Hornets so fans, I, but I feel like the Hornets would take EJ Liddell if they were like, "Hey PJ, bye. Let's replace him with a." I, I just I, I just don't wider I don't version. like PJ. I, it's it's so weird to me. I love PJ. Um, PJ but, seems like a guy who's going to go to the next team and just yeah be awesome. I, yeah. I, I'm convinced of it. I don't know why, but um the the. The only other name that really jumps out to me when I look at my board is Bryce McGowan's. Um, yeah, that that one that one's a big one. He's, too. There's he's a lot a, of swings. And, and, and yes, what we're talking he, about is he, yeah. he's going to teams are going to fall in love with his empty gym workouts, and he has incredible tools. Really good athlete. Really good scorer. I th- I do buy the shot long term. I know the percentages this year sucked, but I that was a shot selection thing, not necessarily a mechanical thing. It's just how does he implement the tools and the talents that he has into an actual live game? Um, and if uh, it wouldn't surprise me if if a team just full on bet on the tools. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think he's going to look. For, I think this is going to be one of those guys that has one of the stronger pre-draft processes with it, when it comes to on the court work, like what he's going to look very, very good. 
Um, Cause he's just so fluid. Like me and you have talked about him before he glides through the lane. He looks like he's going to be an offensive weapon. So I could see teams getting drunk on that in a, in a hurry. I could see him being one of those, you know, it's the 15th pick and Bryce McGowan's and we're all like, Whoa, what, what is like everyone's falling out of their chairs and those ceilings. But yeah, I think him, I think, probably my wild card and and he still might not keep his name in the draft but i think dale and terry could be one of those that teams are doing the pre-draft process um with him and i just had another one and i lost it oh i'm gonna bet every over prop bet there ever existed on him but i feel like john montero is gonna get someone to bite Oh, and gosh. it ain't gonna be me. <laughs> no, but. no. It, it, if I, he's one of those guys. He's falling into that ever expanding group of if I miss on it, I'm okay. Yeah, I got him at thirty five. I'm even lower. Yeah, because you don't like people sometimes. Well, so. I'm, I have him at forty eight. I, I have no problem with that. I, I, I don't want to go that route right now yeah we'll, we'll, I, I get the tools but we'll talk about him yeah the, the, there will be a bigger john montero discussion and breakdown and my my feelings could change significantly by then and i'm excited for that i'm excited yeah. when that day happens because i feel like I, I have a lot of questions but um are there any other lottery storylines that you're you're really excited to kind of see play out here um portland I really, I don't know where they're going to go. I have no idea what their plan is. Um, Just from a which is a shocker, which is a shocker because like we should have an inside ear to the Blazers' office. I'm more just saying like, are you going to win now? Are you going to help now, or are you going for a swing? Are you going for? the pipe dream that Shaden Sharp's on the board. Are you going for Keegan Murray on the board? Like what are you going for Johnny Davis on the board? Are you going AJ Griffin with the swing? I don't know what I would have loved to have seen them get two picks. I'm sorry, rip city. I, I was rooting for that not to happen with the play in tournament. That sucked, but really interesting position. Um, I'm just was going mad scientist mode right now. And I was just like, what if they just called Charlotte and was like, give us 13 and 15. For their pick and just their pick. And PJ Washington. I, I, I do like that. Did I just make a good trade for once? Trade I, machine. Call me. I'm, I'm I, available I, I, cheap. I, I knew to have to figure out what salary is going out, but. Well, so. Portland has like FU money this offseason, right? Didn't isn't that what they did all those trades for? Is because now that. they're gonna have like sixty million or something ridiculous Probably. in cap space. Oh. I'm going to have to think about that one and probably hate it in the morning. But <laughs> um I'm more just saying like if Portland's rebuilding, maybe get two get two throws at, at some picks instead of just chasing one. If they land in an ugly spot, like if they fell to seven, maybe that trades more realistic. Um, I don't know, but Portland's probably one of my interesting ones. Um, excited to see what new Orleans does really am. Yeah. Um, what about you? 
Yeah, and the like we talked about earlier, the the top four I think is just going to be a fascinating, just fascinating to see how it plays out. Uh, then I, I think that six to ten range could just get really weird. Um, and I think so many boards this year, there's such variety and very little separating um, a lot of players based on whose board it is. And I think that will lead to a good amount of chaos or some reaches um, and a lot of teams basically just saying, we trust our eval on this guy. We're going to take our guy. And a lot of us are going to really disagree with it. And how that ends up playing out will be fascinating. Yeah, I got two. I got two questions for you, and then we can yeah. tie tie a bow on this one. Because I agree. Um, let's say hypothetically, the top five teams stay in the top five. Like maybe the order changes, but they're the five teams are staying there. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's usually like one or two teams pops up, and, and everyone else is usually staying and put in yeah. the range. So we're saying Houston, Orlando, Detroit, OKC, and Indiana in some order are the top five. And then six through 10 is the same teams. So Portland, Sacramento, New Orleans, Spurs, Washington. Um, If the top five is the same, do you think like any other order changes like the top three? Like, do you think any team, do you think it's like Chet should go number one, no matter what? Or do you think it's like, if someone got up, I think maybe Paulo is a better fit. I wanted to talk about those guys. And then I had another question, but I kind of got distracted. So now I have to see if I can find it in the next 30 seconds. Yeah. So I I do think Chet should go number one, no matter what, just because with the number one overall pick, I think you should take the best player available. Uh, So for me, that, that is Chet. But with this top three, I think there's, a lot of disparity uh, amongst that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't go. I, I, I do think Detroit's a big wild card and yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they passed on one of those top three and went with Ivy or sharp. The other four teams, I think they would take one of them. Uh, Houston could use all three. Orlando could use all three. OKC, you know, obviously and Indiana, Indiana, I guess I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if they took like Ivy just cause hometown or yeah. home state guy. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there'll be a ton of shake up there, but I, I definitely think out of those five Detroit is like the biggest wild card. I forgot what I was going with. The six through 10 is going to be insane. So it's going to be a mess. I'm like rooting for it to stay the same there because every one of those picks, like we're going to all be holding our breath for dear life because it it could be just the biggest, like, Whoa, where did that come from? It could be like a string of four in a row. Um, So that, yeah, I I didn't realize that until now I got all the like teams in front of my face. I got this like board with all the, Logo's blown up, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Portland's Portland's becoming as much of a uh, mind-bottling like situation as OKC at four. It's gonna be crazy. I hope the order is just 
madness. I hope there's just movement all over the place and we're just like, what is going on? But um, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. Unless you got something else. I mean, well, I'm just we, excited we, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. 12 days or according to Tankathon, uh, 11 days, 23 hours, 13 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, very excited to see how the lottery plays out. Then obviously how draft night plays out. But we, we got a new segment. Um, we're going to have a oh, little yeah. fun to take us into the weekend. Uh, it's Hot Take Thursday. So these can be informed. These can be things we believe. These can be things we don't believe at all. But they're going to be aggressive, hopefully a little bit of fun, and just a, a good way to take us into the weekend. So, Rucker, w- what is your hot take this week? Uh, my hot take is Jalen Williams. Were you going to say him too? Yeah. Jalen Williams is going to be a top 20 pick. Okay. That's my hot take for now. And these hot takes are going to, we'll, we'll, we'll workshop a a name or maybe we'll have some funny sound effect. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But me and Metcalf want to introduce some new segments. We're, we're cooking up some ideas. So yeah, it's either going to be what's buzzing or, or, you know, what's what we're believing in or what we're feeling. And they're, we don't need to take these to the grave. We're just saying like how we feel. We're trying to get a little they're, fun with it. So. They're called hot takes for a reason. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I prefaced with that they, they don't necessarily have to be right. We don't even necessarily have to believe them. Yes, I'm just throwing but one out. A little food for thought. Something to, to, to get your brains going. Have a little fun with. Um, I'm going to do you one better. And Jalen Williams at the end of his career will be a top 15 player from this draft. I like that a lot. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah the I more just, I watch him, I've watched him so much this year because I wrote a piece on him and I, I've been watching him just over and over again. And I'm like, what? Because beginning of the year, I was like, what am I missing? Like, why doesn't everyone like this guy? Yeah. And then now he's getting, he's heating. He's heating up. That's a yeah. hot take because he, he's really heating up. Jalen Williams, the King Throne. I could see that. Because this is a wild class, Metcalf. Like there so could be just re- real quick on him. Where yeah. do you have where where do you have him? I would love to tell you that I was up I was really updating my board last night. Um I've got him at 20. Oh, okay. I have him um, at 23. And yeah, we'll I, be writing about him over at noceilingsnba.com tomorrow. Oh wow, I didn't know you were really doing it tomorrow. Yeah, well, okay, that's because awesome. you that's because you don't pay attention to to, to no, I have uh, 48 um, <laughs> people talking to me at the same time, so it's hard to miss a couple things. Um, how did what did you what was your feeling? Did you fall more in love or what? Yeah, I I I was always really high on him, but then just seeing the the craft and versatility out of the pick and roll um, just shocked me. Is just so composed. He completely dictates the speed. He's not this explosive athlete, which I worry about a little bit, but the fact that he's so effective scoring and playmaking out of the pick and roll, and then is one of the best spot up shooters in the country this year. I think he was in the hundredth percentile on guarded uh, catch and shoots. Pretty good. Um, so I, I, I just think they're going to be, there's going to be pretty much any role that you want him to play offensively. He can do it. I'm a little, I was a little more underwhelmed by the defense after the, the 
final go through, but it, it wasn't like a, oh, this guy's a bad defender. It just wasn't as, holy shit, this guy can defend as I remembered. The important thing with, with Jalen that I, I think we got to make sure people remember, and if everyone's getting intrigued on him that's listening to this, like make, make sure you hear this because no one's really talked about it and it's important. Um, and this is Santa Clara, Jalen Williams. Just Santa Clara, Jalen Williams. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, his sophomore year, if you go look at his box scores throughout his career, his sophomore year, he had kind of like a downer. And you might be like, whoa, what happened? Like, because it was just such a, a massive jump off in production. Like he had 11.5 points, 4.1 rebounds, 2.3 assists, shooting splits, 39, 27, 75. So that was during the COVID madness. Um, Santa Clara had to play off site and they were like staying in hotels in Santa Cruz. It was just like a disaster year. I think he was hurt for most of the year. Um, was trying to play through it. Those are important things to realize when you look at the number, like don't get freaked out because this year healthy back home, everything's fine. 18, four, four shooting splits, 51, 39, 80. So I think that's the guy like, don't get scared off of last year. I think this year is what you're supposed to see with Jalen Williams. He really has the talent and ability and he's, he has games where he takes over shooting the ball from deep. He has games he takes over as a playmaker. He's he's just got some tools. I really like him. So I'm excited to read that, Metcalf. That's going to be a good one. That's the plan, at least. And you can find that over at NoCeilingsNBA.com. Rucker, please tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you. I'm at NoCeilingsNBA.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker. Or you can find me at BackcourtV. Um Thank you guys as always. We love you all because this is just, it's blossoming and, and it's all because of you guys. You guys give us the motivation to, to keep doing it every week. And me and Metcalf have had a blast. I've been just pumped out of my mind to keep doing these episodes. It's what makes my week Metcalf. So thank you so much for that. And um, go check out the Jalen Williams piece by Metcalf tomorrow. You might learn a lot and the chances are you will. So thanks as always, Mr. Metcalf. Once again, I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. While you're there, just hit that subscribe button. It's 100% free and gets delivered directly to your inbox. I dare you to find an excuse not to click it. You can follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba. And please make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at noceilingstv, where you can watch all of these podcasts find and find a lot of different video segments that we've been doing and are only going to continue to get better. And it's probably the best way to support us right now. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review and five-star rating until next time. See ya. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center 
anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. 